Hello, welcome to Fresh to Death Comics, the podcast. I am your host, B. Luke. I have Amy with us. Hello, Amy. Hello, everybody. I am tired. <laughs> we, just, we just got done with Terrificon this year. Yeah. Oh, boy, we have so much to talk about. Yes. Uh, this is going to be just about Trificon. So this is going to be about comic. We have some news. We have interviews. We have so many stories. Fun facts as well. Like, for example, did you know Connecticut's people? Connecticuters, as I like to call them? They're people correct. from Connecticut. People from Connecticut, their actual name are nutmakers. Yes, that is a fun fact. That is a fun fact. So we are going to jump. We have so many fun facts, so many stories to talk about. So let's just break it down. We'll break it down by days. We'll tell you about our overall experience. And I, I am excited, but also a little angry. We'll talk about that later. Um, some bad shit happened during this con. Yeah. The police were involved. I got assaulted. So that will be later on. We'll talk about that because that's a Sunday thing. It is a Sunday thing, but let's start with Friday. So Friday, let's start with Thursday. Okay. Thursday, we we I like. I'm getting older. It's hard no. to go nonstop, like driving down the day of a con, and driving like ten hours or however many hours. Like midnight, we're gonna get here at midnight. We're gonna leave at midnight and be there in the morning for the con. And then you go, yeah. And then that I, sounds miserable to me. It, what I did that for Chicago. We talked. I know we talked about on the on one of the pods before. I did it for Chicago. I drove the whole way and like I was like sleeping in line. Like I was just so exhausted. I remember Jay Scott was doing at C two E two. He was doing sketches. Right. For free for people. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what do you want? I was like, Mary Jane, we're talking. He's like, how you doing? I'm like, honestly, I, I'm so happy to meet you, but I'm so tired. Like, I've been driving nonstop. We, I'm from New York. And he goes, I'm tired too. And then he left. <laughs> and like, nobody else got signatures <laughs> or was like, I'm like, I stopped everything. And I feel like so bad, but also like, this is a story. Well, also, you know, these artists and writers, they're people too. They need, they're they constantly going from con to con and traveling every weekend and every week. Like, it gets exhausting for them too. So, from a con experience, I like to get down the, the night before. That way, A, if I've never been to the city before, I can get the lay of the land, what's going on. I can rest the night before yeah. and wake up refreshed and ready to con. Which I will say has been, I agree, that's been the best way to do things. Because just driving for for us five hours through inclement weather also uh, is is exhausting. Especially when, you know, you were, were running around for many hours beforehand trying to do things. Well, I, I thought I had, I had everything packed. It was great. And um, in the course of this, like, I went to get gas for you and I lost your credit card. Yeah, that was. And then uh, your cell phone broke. It was a whole, like, almost a shit show. Oh, it was a fucking uh, shit show. At one point, I was like, are we even going to this convention? Because, like, this doesn't bode well. And the rain started pouring and, like, our directions all of a sudden, like, usually... Like, we just go straight. We go from Binghamton, we go to Poughkeepsie, and we go th- right through to Connecticut land, mm-hmm. and then there's basically the convention. This time, the directions took us through Albany and Springfield, Massachusetts. Like, we met, we went in this big, giant U. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know how why. it happens. I don't know why it happened either. My only guess is the, uh, like we said, the inclement weather, the severe thunderstorms that were happening. Which, that's, that's my only guess. Which I know my brother, he lives in Connecticut. I think Hartford or somewhere around there. I, I, I know the exit is this number. Oh, one of these numbers. Seven. It's or a eight. low. It's a low number in Connecticut, and like when it starts the rain, it comes. It's it's like Noah's Ark. Like I remember driving my car once. We were going the Trific. We were going the Trificon, and I thought my car was just going to f- float away <laughs> because all of a sudden, like I could hear like the water was like at my tires, Ooh. and I was like, I oh, we're just kind of sailing here oh, for a second. Gosh, you're just floating away. Yeah, it was it was so scary and it was it was terrifying. So I was I think I'd be happy that we went up this way, but at the same time I just if I don't know the, I don't know this way. I don't know the driving. I don't know where the the cops are waiting. Yeah, so it's like it makes it a little are. more nerve-wracking cuz you're just yeah. like I know what speed I'm going at, but if everybody knows that this is a speed trap land, mm-hmm. the cops just catch you, whoever's coming through, then you're screwed because the laws only apply to, you know, as long as you're in this script. So we got here. Yes. It was great. We enjoy it. We had a fun night. We just rested. Yes. Which again, <laughs> much needed at that point. Um, and so Friday we woke up. Um, I was smart enough to get a handicap sticker. Because I was like with this wheelchair, I didn't want to bring the wheelchair. Um, I know you keep on calling it a scooter. Yeah. But I, I guess I don't know what the difference is. I think with the scooter, I, I think um, with the wheelchair, it's more being pushed or propelling yourselves by the wheels. This has a battery uh, component to it, which, and so um, a wheelchair I think is a the handlebar, aspect? well, you also have handlebars that you're like riding. It's like a moped kind of that's. So I would assume that because of that, it's more scooter like as opposed to wheelchair. All right. So needless to say, yes, I did not want to use the scooter dash wheelchair. <laughs> and I did a video on TikTok, YouTube, please watch it. Yes. Um, it's kind of funny. Um, I do. Can you go to Comic Con with a broken foot? And I had. What was the answer, Brian? Well, I I went into the day uh, with a crutch, and uh, we were able to find handicap parking on Friday pretty well. Yes. So I was able to park somewhere. So I was like, "Oh, this isn't a bad walk. I got this. I'm okay." And then we get to the line, and the line is a mile down to God knows where. And I said, there's no way I can walk this. Like, it's... We ended up at the hotel lobby, which, by the way, I've never been into Mohegan Sun <laughs> that way before. So I... Um, we, we talked to the security guard people, um, the Mohegan Sun security mm-hmm. staff, and we explained to them. Well, you explained to them, because I have a hard time with those metal detectors. Yes. And so you explain to the situation. They patted me down. We walked through. It was, everything was great. We walked from the front of the convention to the back of the convention. And by then, I am dying on my foot. I am not having a good time. And not even a full lap. No, I just made it down. And Amy's looking at me like, what are you doing, bud? How are you doing? You ready to go? Come on. And I said, I can't. I'm hurting. I'm, uh, the toe's throbbing. I, I got to. 
I think you're right. Let's get the, the scooter yep. wheelchair combination. So we got it, get back into convention, and we had a great time. Uh, you did an interview, Amy? I did. I did do an interview. I did an interview with uh, Russell Brett Holt, who wrote Sidekicks. The book is Sidekicks, okay? It's about superhero sidekicks who get sick and tired of being disrespected by the heroes that they work for, so they go on strike. Oh, such great timing! I know, it really well. Yeah, uh, and when the villains find out about the strike, they exploit the opportunity to learn how to get out of the city of Chicago. Wow! And this book collects the first four issue arc of the series plus two eleven page bonus stories. Wow. It's only twenty dollars, oh. and for you, I will sign it for free, of course, because I wrote it. I'm, <laughs> I am Russell Bretholtz. I'm the writer and co-creator of the book. Oh, awesome. my, my artist co-creator is Miguel Mendoza, who has been killing it at DC uh, for the last like, yeah. five years or so. Yes. And there is a sequel now as well, okay. which collects the five-issue uh, sequel series, which takes place after the strike has been resolved. But now aliens have invaded Chicago, and it's a little too much for the new team to handle. Yeah. Uh, and this is also a $20 book. Okay. But that is, that is Sidekick. All right. Uh, and uh, you, who are watching this, you can go to the website catatomicstudios.com. That's catatomicstudios.com. You can get it off the website that way. Both of the both of the volumes are on there. We've uh, run into him a couple of times at Terrificon, and every time he has pitched us the idea of this book that he wrote, where all the sidekicks, the superhero sidekicks, go on strike which is very apt for right now, considering the actor and the writer's strike in Hollywood and a lot of the actors that were there, you know, speaking only about the strike. Uh, it was just kind of funny to have that in the perspective of the superhero world, something so real that is clearly affecting us now that could affect us, you know, in in this uh, reality where superheroes, you know, live and help people. So please check out our interview on YouTube. On TikTok, we're going to post it, so please watch that interview. So you did the interview, and I I, I don't know. I'm scared to do interviews because when you put me on the spot, all of a sudden I forget everything this person has done. <laughs> like, yeah. Ro- like, I'll meet somebody, and I'm like, like Phil Hester. I was like, you did Green Arrow, and then you did, and I can't remember. <laughs> and yet I own everything. He and now, I can tell you now, he did like this shipwreck book. He's done. Um, oh, there was this. There was a Satan book. It was like Hell Flames and stuff. I forgot the name of it. But like, I, I get into this moment, I just freak out, and I'm like, I have no. I, I'm not worthy enough to talk to these people. Like, I get so in my head that like I can't. And um, we saw Peter Melnick, and he was like, "Dude, just do it, man. Like, have fun. Yeah, talk to somebody." And all of a sudden, I'm in front of Ryan Otley. I love Ryan Otley's work. It was great in Invincible. Mm-hmm. He was great in... Like, I didn't know that Ryan Otley did this book called Grizzly Shark. Like, it blows my <laughs> mind. Like, because I think of him as just the artist, and I forget that, like, he also writes. And it just... He's so multifaceted. He's more so, than one thing. Um, And I wanted to talk to him about Godball, because we talked on the show. I love Donnie Cates. And when Ryan... Otley took over. It was a change, and I liked the change. It just, it was like switching on from watching a Seth, like watching Alfred Hitchcock, and all of a sudden you're watching a Seth Rogen movie. Oh yeah, it's like just, it's a noticeable change. It's a noticeable change, and not that it's bad in any way. No, nothing is 
Like it, it it's great. And so it's just different. It's, it's a just different. different. And that's what I love about comics is like everybody's story can be this. Like Donnie, Donnie Cates. I know what I'm getting is going to be dark and brooding. And I, I feel like I should just turn on all the, like turn on my emo playlist and just go ham. <laughs> With Ryan Otley, it's, it's everything I've read of his and, and done of his is more like, it's just like an action adventure, like book, not really creepy. Mm-hmm. And so I was so excited to talk to Ryan Otley because I really did love Godball. I love the concept of it. I love everything with it. So, uh, Amy was like, Brian, let's do an interview. Is that okay, Mr. Otley? And we did an interview with Ryan Otley. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> so uh, make sure you guys watch that. Yes. Hello, guys. I'm here with the legendary Ryan Otley, the creator of Godfall. And I just have to know, how did this come to be? Well, I mean, me and Donny Cates. So Donny Cates said, okay, Ryan, the next issue, it's all you. Uh, it's just Godball. Godball is a sport that the Hogs play, and the, the they play with a core of a planet. So that's all the information I got, and I just got to run with it from there. And so, so I got to make up, up the rules. rules. I got to make up like I created other characters like Brutal, and and uh, uh, there's a bunch of other ones in there. You know, like just ran- even Harold, and you know, just a bunch of random hosts that I created, and then just mixed into this story, and and uh, just had a blast with it. So yeah. Yeah, it was and, terrific. And, and it was I, such a change of pace. It was so fun. I want to see more. I had a lot of fun. I, I love those kind of things. Like one of my favorite, you know, I love Hulk Planet. Um, I, I'm sorry, Planet Hulk. That's one of my favorite Hulk, Hulk books is, is Planet Hulk. Okay. So Hulk Planet, you know, uh, it's off, off-world off alien stuff, alien hulks. I mean, it was just a great, great now, time. Now, you've been doing comics for quite a while. You yes, jump into yes. doing writing, artist, and the anchor. How was that for you like was that a big accomplishment think, or are you like i, I can do this i got I this think a younger me would have been freaked out look lo- less confidence you know but now i you know i've been doing this for 20 years uh, i write here and there and so it's not that big a deal it's 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 fun it's a fun challenge it's a you use a totally different part of your brain so it's like uh it's it's extremely fun did right? you find it's, the marvel deadlines to be real no, like, it wasn't time bad. Crunch. It wasn't bad. I mean, we were. It was the book was getting pretty late anyway. Yeah, you know? no, so, it was yeah. Later, later. But uh, you know, Donnie moved on to uh, to uh, to do other other things, and so yeah, the, I had to finish off everything, finish off this series, just me, and it, and uh, well, it, it and, turned out fun. terrific. I loved it. Yeah, so I, thank you so much. I basically, you know, I had to pick an antagonist, brought in despair, and and it just wanted to answer all the questions that I had, you know, yeah. and so I just. I just did it. Just wrote it, finished it off, and uh, it was actually really fun. And I'm, I'm definitely planning on doing more here and there. So at some, I, at some point, I look forward. Whether to Whether it's it. Marvel or Image or whatever. So, yeah. are you more going to more Image since so many so, people have been jumping in doing their own creator own books? I mean, that's how I started. So I started. I know you're invincible. Yeah, yeah but yeah. doing something like is Ryan Otley, nobody else. Oh, we, oh, with me yeah, on just you, right? right? And drawing. Mean, I've, I've done that once. I did a book called Grizzly Shark. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Oh, that's an insane. That was you. That was me. Yeah, yeah. No way. That was all that me. Book. That was just a, a sleep deprived me. Where oh my god. I just wrote the most insane, weirdest shit I've ever done. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, so. I remember looking. My buddy got it. He was like, "You look at this," and I was like, "This looks amazing." It's insane. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. That was smack dab in the middle of when I was working on Invincible. 
and I was just doing the book for so long, and I was like, oh, I, I was getting a little antsy, like I need to do something else. And so these, this book, Grizzly Shark, was like, uh, I spent like an hour or two hours on each page. I want to do something a little fast so I can fit it in here and there, you know, at, at night after my Invincible pages were done. So, wow. yeah, just a side, side book. It was, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, I, I'll definitely go back around to it at some point to do that. But for now, I'm back at Image. So I worked at Marvel and Spider-Man and Hulk. Now I'm back at Image, and I'm working with a writer again because uh, this idea is too good to pass up. So Can you tell us? Or no, no, of course not. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not announced yet. Not announced All right. Yet. Yeah. All right. Do we have a schedule of when it would be announced? Or I got nothing. Is it still in the... I got nothing. We're still working on it right now, and we want to get some stuff done beforehand. Oh. So. Okay, cool. I, I was so excited, but day got done. I was like, all right, we're good. Saturday comes. Mm -hmm. We find a parking spot. Well, technically, we we, made a parking spot. We made a parking spot. Yeah, that's better. making this wheelchair, getting into it, I need a little extra room in these little tiny parking spaces. So we kind of took like two parking spaces. Yeah. I found some security cones and just put them in the spot there and kind of made my little own one. Yeah. We got into the convention and then it was like, I knew it was going to be busy. But this was the busiest it's ever yeah. been, I feel. Like, I could barely get around with the scooter. And I don't have debt perception, so I'm just... People are trusting me way too much. Yeah, a hundo. Like, there's... Like, I am going to hurt somebody the way they were working. Like, I was so... That's why, like, I was jolting back and forth. Because I was like, I feel He's, like I'm going to kill somebody. Yep. Or like, somebody just thinks that they can just get in front of you for real fast and you're just going to stop. Like, And nope. also I have to swerve because a lot of people were like running into the foot. Yep. And so like, because I had it out sometimes and it was just, that was a whole thing. So um, Artist Alley, um, all the vendors were off limits that day. We, we could not make it down to them. No, we it couldn't. It was impossible. So if you are in any kind of disability... You cannot go on a Saturday. Don't waste your time. Yeah. It's... Unless you really want to meet the famous Artist Alley people. Or not Artist You can't even get the Artist Alley. Yeah. It's more of the artists, the, the guest stars yeah. themselves, and then the celebrities yep. are really your only best shot because it has the most area for you to do anything. Yeah, which was, I don't know. I think they, I don't know of a better way for them to organize the you building need, what they need to do is cut do a, a, a cutoff with, with how many tickets they sell yeah because that's what sh- chicago does chicago is hey we're sold out on saturday you cannot have any more saturday tickets and they cut off the three-day tickets so you can't buy those anymore so then you're forced to buy friday and saturday tickets hmm. so he should make it that you saturday is a cap this is how many people we can fit in here and do, and do it for the whole time. So that way it's not overloaded. But I know like the more people, the more money, money. and that means more guests we can get or well, get a I, better, a bigger convention hall. Like maybe he's outgrown the, maybe he, it's outgrown the Mohegan sun. Maybe, or maybe there's a bigger spot in the Mohegan sun. We can go. Maybe like he, he's either outgrown it or he needs to cap it. That's really where we're at. Right. I mean, it's a great facility, but I think it's almost gotten too big. Yeah, he, it, it's and it, it's an amazing con. I don't want to put it down because I love Trificon. Yeah. But when you have so many people in there, you can barely move. You have people shoving, and like it's. Yeah, there was there were there was some times people I was that getting were scared. 
Yeah, and there were some people that were kind of line wrangling, but the, for the most part, it was just kind of the Wild West of like, we're going to do whatever and stand in a blob and, you know, not really get out of people's way, even though they are clearly trying to move. So uh, we stuck to just the edges because that was in the That was all we wheelchair. could move around in. So yeah. uh, we went down the artist alley and we're like, all right, who should we see? Amy loves Sean Gunn. Oh, yeah. But his line was outrageous. It was. I really wanted to meet Jonathan Franks. His line was outrageous. But also, I saw his pricing, and I just... I went... It was either meet him and meet nobody else. Yeah. Or meet other people, like, differently. Yes. And so I decided on the meet other people, because I feel like... Hey, guys, we went to Trificon. I met Jonathan Franks. And none of the buddy else. And now we're else. talking about other things. Yeah. Yeah, like we wouldn't have been able to talk to like Phil Hester and, you know, Amanda Connor and Jimmy and. Yeah, like because all these artists cost money for signatures. Yes. So it's not like. Except Amanda and Jimmy, actually. So Saturday starts. We're looking at people who we can get. Like, who, who should we talk to? Dan Fogler. His line was outrageous, but yeah. also, like, I knew if I wanted to meet him, I wanted to wear, like, a weed shirt, because <laughs> yes. he is a friend of the green. He is a friend of the green. So we planned it out, like, I figured his line was going to be long, and it was. It was. I really wanted to meet Rebecca Romaine, because Jerry O'Connell was there this yes. weekend. He was. I'm sad that I did not see him with my own eyes. I tried to, but it was a madhouse on Saturday. <laughs> so we were like, all right, you know what? Let's just wait in line for one of my favorite people they announced. Yes. Greg Sestero. Yes. Oh, hi, Mark. Like, I, I was like, if we're going to wait, I was like, if we're going to wait in line for anyone, like, let's just wait in line for Greg Sestero, because I'm sure it's going to be long. Like, yeah. oh, hi, Mark. Like, I love the room. And there's such a hardcore love of this movie. Like, yeah. and then, diehard fans. It has just become a cult phenomenon at this point. And then with the... James Franco, Seth Rogen movie they did? Yes. With, uh, uh, with his, oh, what's his name? With Dave Franco? With Dave Franco, yeah. Yeah. So with James Franco and Dave Franco, Franco. and Seth Rogen, like, I figured there'd be so many people in line because that's the dude. Like, that's, that's the dude who Dave Franco was supposed to be. Yes. It And it was just... We, so we, we saw this huge line and I'm like, all right, Amy, let's figure out where the end is. And they're like, no, we're on the line for this. It, w- it was one of these this voice other actors. Voice actor, yeah. And I said, okay. And we asked this other person, we're like, where's Greg's sister? And there was no one in line. No, like he and was I just like. I don't understand it. I don't either. Like he was like on his phone and we walked, started walking up to him. Like his assistant next to him was like, oh, you know, we were watching you guys. And as you guys got closer and closer, your faces got happier and happier. <laughs> and we were like, well, yeah. I'm like, it's you. It's like, Mark. It's, oh, hi. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. And I, I, I guess that's a theme for this weekend is like making new memories. A person I was with hated the room, hated <laughs> the disaster artist. Like, I would be like, oh, Lisa, you're tearing me apart. And she would be like, don't say that. I hate that. <laughs> and I'd be like, but you're telling me apart, Lisa. And she'd be like, Stop. And then she would like get. Uh, well, yeah, and now you and I quote it to each other like 
every two days, essentially. Yeah, I lo- and I love the, like, the room. If you haven't seen The Room by Tommy Wiseau, it is a movie that will change your life because it's it's a bad movie, but in a sense, it's the greatest movie. Yes. Like, Greg Sestero kind of saves it. He is the straight man to Tommy Wiseau's craziness. He's yes. the Bud Albert to the Costello. Yes. The, 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 the Hardy to the Laurel. Yes. Like, it, 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 it's so well done. And I don't think this movie gets enough credit. Like, I know it does in the cult world, but it's it's so good. And he was there. And I was, oh my God. I'm, he just, was I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Yeah. And, and so Amy goes, because I had a question for him. Because I, I, I well, always have recent, questions for people. Well, we recently and Amy yeah. said, Brian, don't ask the question. Let's get it on the pod. Hey, guys. I'm here with Greg Sestero. And we are here. He's one of the stars of The Room. And we are so excited to have him here. I actually have a few questions. Yeah. Um, when Johnny went on tour uh, for uh, the disaster artist, he was on James Franco. Yeah. He mentioned that he's not from New Orleans, that he is born in Europe. And I know he's always told everybody, oh, I'm all American boy. Did you, is that the first time you had known about it? Or had you known about private and just kept it secret? So, yeah, no, I've known Tommy for, for quite some time. And, um, no, he's always said he, at, at some points, he's lived in France. He's, but to, to him, I feel like New Orleans represents. Um, where he feels most at home. So that's where the mystery is. We never know. And like the more I've talked to him, the more I interviewed him for the disaster artist, I've realized that the mystery is the fun part. So it's like, I, I just go with New Orleans as where he feels his home is. Do you talk to Tommy frequently now? Yeah, it's, we just celebrated 25 years of meeting. So we, uh, we still keep in touch. We still toss the football around. You do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that something that always happened on set? Like we just, we just got, you know, that was something we did years ago. We played soccer, we played football. Um, you know, he likes to stay young, so you know, we just the stuff we did and then implemented it into the film. So I, I was on ecstatic to do that interview. Like the the fact that my life kind of is connected to the room. In a weird way. Yeah. Well, I want to like, say, I have a, I want to say, we talked about a lot of things on our first date. I want to say the room was one of them. I want to say that too, because we talked about Gambino. We talked about community. Community. And then I, I, I want to say it was during darts you were winning. And I'm like, you're telling me applaud, Amy. <laughs> and you were like, the room? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And you're like, I love that movie. I was like, yay. <laughs> So, like, I, I just, the room is a special place in my heart. And the fact that Greg was so freaking nice, like, and he was like, yeah, Tommy let me be this character. And, he, like, he let me explore a life of acting. Yeah. That Hollywood doesn't let me be in. And I thought that was amazing. So, that, we did that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I want to meet Amanda Connor. Yes, because I you were asking me on Friday, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not ready. I don't know what to say." I because I, I felt like you I was were having just, a panic attack. I, in Artist Alley when I, you saw them. I fucking was because 
I forget sometimes to check who cover artists are constantly because when we're picking up books and reading them for the rundown, sometimes we're just ripping through books real fast and we're just trying to get the basic gist. And, you know, sometimes you don't always have the time to slow down and really absorb who's doing what. So I completely forgot about the fact that Amanda Connor had done a couple covers. Amanda and Jimmy, her husband, had done a couple covers for uh, Harley Screws Up the DCU, which I've been talking about on the rundown for the DC show. So it was just kind of this full circle kind of moment, it felt like, where I'm like, wow, I've looked at this, like, I remember reading this in my house, and now I'm meeting you. You created this thing that I'm holding in my hands. Like, it just kind of freaked me out for a minute to 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 be this close to the people that we're actively talking about on the show, you know? And I think it's so interesting from my perspective, because... Before the brain injury, th- this Christian life that I was living, um, it was very much like gender norms. Women belong in the kitchen. They mm-hmm. belong cooking my food. And they need to be like my backbone assistant. I need to do all the work so they can stay home. Like that that's a woman's place. Yeah. And that was kind of my core values. And since then, I like to believe I've evolved but, and so more or less, yeah. Like I want to believe I keep on changing, and I'm not this person. Like women, like, and I reading these books by the strong female creators, like Amanda Connors, like Kelly Thompson, um, like Peach Momoko. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm learning more, and I'm kind of like, oh, interesting, because like when men write for women and tell stories. I can go like, oh, I get that. I like what they did. But when a woman does it, it just feels different. Like, because the way they'll write the woman compared to the man, because mm-hmm. the man always looks good. But like when Amanda Connor does it, like when she does the Harley and Joker stories, Joker's just an asshole the whole time. Yeah, she really and Harley. Yeah, and, and so that's how her books are. And so I had this question and Amy goes, Will you interview them for me, please? <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I just asked. That's how like, it was in my head. That's not how it was in real life. I, I was just like, hey, do you want to ask them for the pod? And you turned around and then asked them if it would be okay. And they said yes. Hey, guys. I'm here with Amanda Connor. Thank you so much. Um, I just had a, a, a couple of questions. Um I, I've gone through a real weird life where um, I was very conservative, and your books of women being positive role models. Uh-huh. Um, I hated your books. I was like, this is terrible. And I had a brain injury. Oh. And I've kind of rethought the way I look at people and things. And now I look at your book, and I'm like, you're just giving positive identity to women that they can also do things. Oh, all right. So yeah. My question is, how do you deal with fans who are on that side? Because I feel like you get bombarded all the time with, like, how. Because Joker, you write him as an asshole in these books. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not. He's great. How dare you? Well, here, here's the funny thing. is I'm on social media, but I'm really, really terrible at it. So I tend to ignore it most of the time. So I, I don't really see it. And if it's, it doesn't bother me if I'm not looking, you know, if, I, if I'm not getting bombarded by it. Yeah, just yeah. If I'm getting bombarded by it, I don't know it. Okay, <laughs> so. gotcha. Yeah, I just reading it over again has totally changed my life. Yeah, like, oh, just, I'm, I'm so glad that you that you just 
finally started enjoying it. That's yeah. great. So yeah, yeah. we were just looking through books, and I was like, this is great. So, this, oh, I'm, right. I'm glad you like it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for taking yeah. the time. I know you. Oh, no problem. No, no, no problem. And I, I love, I love the world's teeniest, tiniest little microphones. These yeah. are so cool. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's very cool. I interviewed them and I talked to them and I got nervous because like I wanted to explain my question because of like I like I just said that's the way I viewed women. Yeah, and you so, had to give her context to your question because <laughs> otherwise it would make me sound like I hated her and like how is she doing this? So I wanted to give her context like of someone who's changed who can look at women as this equal. I, I like I always think of you as equal, but like. You can do anything I can do. Yeah. Like the, these uh, gender norms that we've adapted are stupid and we shouldn't have them. Yes. Anything I can do, you can do just as well. Correct. If not better, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, there is a, I don't know if you've ever heard anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah. I, well, from yeah, Annie Oakley or Annie Get Your Gun. <laughs> yeah, I always thought about like that was the song for men. Anything I can, anything you can do, I can do better. Yep. I always thought of, like, that was, like, the guys telling the woman, like, here's your place. Anything you can do, I can do better. Because look at sports. Look <laughs> at all these, like, I guess sports is the best example where they go, look at they are the best. Men are better at everything. Except for the men's soccer team. We, we David Beckham. <laughs> That's the UK. Oh, my God. I, I don't know anything about this. I just know Devin Beckham is this. We're getting off topic. We, we got a lot You of brought up sports, yeah. I did. After we met Amanda Connor, it became, like, I was trying to get other people. There's a few people, like, who, most people are charging for signatures, which sucks. So, no, when you go, don't bring your whole collection unless you're looking to spend, like, Fifty to sixty dollars on signatures alone. Yeah, like it's it can get expensive. So I and they're knew- dividing it between like majors and minors too, where it's kind of getting nitpicky about if these are major issues or if you're getting it CGC. Like there's all different kinds of rates. Yeah, like you you have to know what book you have. So if your friend says, "Hey, get this signed for me," like. You might be asking for a hundred dollar signature, exactly, because that's how Garth Ennis was for like the preacher books were this price. Yeah, some of his number ones. Yeah, like they were all like it was like you got to know what the books were. But uh, Greg Land, love yes, the guy. Greg like I, I met him in Chicago. I don't with the brain injury. I just remember that he had a Green Bay Green Bay Packers hat, hat on. So I just like saying, "Go Pack, go." To him every time I saw him. <laughs> and then when I, I actually met him, and I know he signed it. I have a few books signed. I forgot they existed till I was going through my boxes. I was like, I want this signed by Greg Land and this one. I pulled out the issues and go, he signed? I met him? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I did. I didn't realize I got a signature with him. So I got super excited. So I was able to choose some other books. And I was, oh, I, I remember good. asking you, I was like, how many should I bring? I'm just going to bring a couple. Like, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And so he signed the books for free. And I even took a picture with me. And I I didn't interview him just because he was really busy drawing. Yeah. He and was also, if you know anything about Greg Land, he is like pumping out. Like, every other week, you'll see a book by Greg Land. Either he did a cover or interior art or some kind of book. He's kid out there. And I was, I asked him, I was like, how do you do it? How do you keep up with the schedule? And he just goes, this is what I do. It's what I breathe. I love it. 
I just can't stop. And that's just what's so like inspiring and kind of lights a fire under my ass about things. It's like he, these creators, like they're able to do what they love and, you know, pump out this work to people who enjoy it all the time. And yes, it can be draining. Yes, it can be stressful at times, but like, it's really awesome that, that these artists are able to do genuinely what they love and have an audience for it. Like I, I have an interview in my archives of, I, I interview, I, I want to say these people's names, uh, these, these two creators, they did some indie books I interviewed them. We were all drinking and they just decided to tell me what they thought about fans. And they were just, and it really broke my heart. Cause I was like, Oh, they're just in it for the money. The, and then I was, because I, I do this podcast, I know other creators. So I was asking them and they're like, no man, I love this. Like, this is where I live and breathe. And that's what I got from Greg Landing. He's like, I love this. Like, I want to drive Spider Gwen. I want to draw X Men. I'm so glad that we met him. It was it was terrific. So panels. They had a few panels we were able to go to. I thought it was going to be a lot more than it was, but it turned into a Rachel McFarland pa- panel. Yeah. Well, panels this year were weird given the strike that they couldn't really talk about uh, a lot of things or or things. It's really dicey right now what they can and can't talk about. So I think a lot of them opted to just not do them or do like generic kind of panels or spotlights on people. And what's weird is... I say Rachel McFarlane, and you're just like, I don't think I know who she is. Who no. is she? Oh, But if I say you Seth do. McFarlane, you go, oh, he's in Family Guy. He's the American dad. Ted. Uh, you know, he does the... Uh, the Orville. The Orville. I was going to say Odyssey. No. The Orville. Like, I know who Seth McFarlane He's He's great. His sister, uh, oh, she got the job because of her brother or something. But no, no. you find out that she has been voice acting Longer than him or about the same time as him? Uh, yeah, the, yeah. And she got her start. She said she was working as a, like a production assistant on Johnny Bravo on Cartoon Network back in the day. And that was her first like stab at being a voiceover artist. Yeah. And I didn't realize that she was the voice of Mandy from the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Like it it blew me. Like I, I didn't put two and two together. And so when she's talking and she did the voice, and I just, I lost it. I was like, oh my goodness. And she was talking about all these shows she's been on. I was like, what is wrong with us? Why is she, why was she not like the star actress? Like, why is she like in the yeah. corner and not like, like she should have gotten a bigger panel thing yeah, in my she, mind. Well, I mean, she essentially got a whole panel to herself. But, but also it was cool was uh, her dad was there. Yes, her daddy also father to Seth, <laughs> if that wasn't obvious. But so. it was really cute. He was sitting front center right in front of her. And, you know, she kept shouting him out. And it was just really sweet because he was clapping really hard for yeah, her. It was so, so cute. It was so precious. Like, he's clearly proud of all of his children. Like, it's really cool and yeah, adorable. It was, it was so cute. But, yeah, I... We ran, we ran out of money this year, but I, I, if she comes back, I would like to get like a photo op or something with her. Yeah. She was so much fun. Like I, 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 I really enjoyed that panel learning about voice acting and how 
it is now versus like when they used to do some of the older cartoons where they sat in a room. Yeah, or even what they tried to do with her on the set of the Orville, which she talked about because she's the voice of the computer on the Orville, and, and she, she was just like, oh, let me tell you a quick story about that. How Seth had her come on set and basically had her crouch down so they couldn't see her in the shot, but she was still doing all the lines so that everybody else could, like, hear her, and after that, they never did it again. <laughs> because they were like, you could just go in the booth and record. It's fine. Like, it, it was just funny that, you know... Well, and Seth's such a creative guy that that he wants to just whatever he can do to get the best product like out there. He'll try all these different things, and some of them work, and some of them don't. But the effort's there. So I've only seen a couple of episodes of the Orville, and I think I need to jump into it after watching this because it was very um, Gene Roddenberry. He had his wife do the voice of the computer, mm-hmm. and now. For the Orville, he had the voice of his sister do it. It's really kind of special. And I like that. And not only that, but like she was able to talk about how when she was recording voices for Family Guy that, you know, Seth would be in the booth for her in those early days. And he'd be like, you know what this, you know, uh," she said that, you know, that Barbie record you used to listen to all the time. Make it sound like that, that they had their own language essentially when they were working together which is super special and unique and was really fun to hear about especially as a person with no siblings whatsoever like like i wouldn't have known what it would be like to work with my siblings see, <laughs> so and was, i and me oh see and that's what's different because i i have that like when i am talking to my brother and sister i if I need help if, or when I was doing projects for school, when mm-hmm. we record, I would say, oh, hey, do this or do that. And they knew exactly like I would say like, oh, hey, remember this time? I want that. Yeah. Um, And they know like it's just so weird. Like you don't understand. Like we can basically not talk English to each other and, we'd and still good. communicate just as well. Yeah. Like we, they just we can just do grunts at each other and like, yeah, we got it. I look at my brother, like, mm, yeah, you can in it, and he goes like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and we'll <laughs> that's know. a whole ass conversation. <laughs> yeah, if I wrote that down, we'd, we'd we'd have a whole chapter in a book. I have game night with Tommy and our friends, and so me and Tom, I'll, I'll say stuff into the mic, and Tom's like, all right, got it, and then I was like, what, what did you say? Like that's not words. <laughs> and Tom's like, yeah, he said go over there. And I said like, no. He said, go to the thing that looked like the thing in the toy chest. <laughs> How do you know what that is? <laughs> Tom goes, that's like the thing that was in our toy chest growing up. <laughs> that's what we called it. The thing that was in the toy chest in the left-hand corner. It's just, uh, it's just uh, awkward that you don't... I, I guess I take it for granted. Like this special relationship I have with my brother and sister, I guess. Yeah. So that was the end of the day. Right? No. It's that was like part that was part one. The end of part one of the Saturday. And then what did we do for the rest of the day? It was Sean Gunn all day. All day, Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn. I've never seen you happier. <laughs> you want to talk about a smile on my face when I was meeting Ryan Otley, like Oh no, you have seen me happier. It was it was when we uh we met Scott Patterson. But... Okay, that's true. But like it's Kirk. It's fucking Kirk. Also, I was really jealous. There was a guy walking around with a t-shirt that said a film by Kirk. And I was like, God damn it. I wish I had brought that. I, w- I want it now. 
Like you want that. You want. I that. want that T-shirt now. But anyways, yeah. So we did. Um, yeah, I got a. I I splurged and got a professional photo done with Sean. Um, also did uh, autograph and uh, selfie, which was great. Um, realized after the fact, totally forgot to tell him what my name was, so he just wrote out best wishes from him and Petal, which was the pig in the uh, reunion special. Um, but we were actually able to talk to Sean a little bit before his panel because he he did do a panel later in the day. Um, but before that, we had a little one-on-one with him, uh, when we were getting the autograph and the selfie done and we were talking to him about the strike, which was really cool to see. Uh, we told him that we had seen him on, uh, the social media, social media, because we had seen him on Phil DeFranco. He kind of took a clip of, of Sean on, um, the picket line and, and, kind of really went in depth about the residuals and what what the Writers Guild and what SAG-AFTRA are striking for and why. My biggest fear was like some of these, because people can be assholes, as we found out through the con. Um, I just didn't want anybody to throw shade or to any of these actors because this is some something very, very important that they are striking for and that they are standing up to these major corporations like Netflix and Amazon, uh, because it, they're just trying to cut out an entire field of acting essentially and giving away, you know, your likeness and your, your personhood. Like it's just insane at this point, what they're requiring for these contracts. What Sean or what Sean had said is we, and it's not even about us, the viewers, it's about the money that we watch on Netflix that how many views, how many times we watched it, they get none of that. Why Netflix gets or uh, who, whoever controls Gilmore Girl, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers is raking in the dough from money based on it, it's almost similar to me to the GameStop for how games work at GameStop. Okay. Is when you buy a brand new game. The publisher gets part of it. The developer, like, there's there's a string of things when it comes to a new game. But when you buy a used game, GameStop's the only people get any of that profit. Hmm. So it becomes this, and that's what it feels like: is oh, they they get that once. So if they sold a hundred copies of this game, then you know, they, yeah, then it's just the they never rate. get any of that money again. So if everyone sold that game. The GameStop. GameStop then buys all those copies and sells it for $10 cheaper. They get none of that. GameStop yeah. gets all of it. So I, I understand. So it almost seems like it's the same situation to me. Yeah, there's just a lot of lack of transparency between how there's, they don't show any numbers about like who's actually watching all of this stuff and who's, who's signing up for things and what, what everybody specific, like they're being very secretive and it's just so hard for them to prove their worth with a business model like that. So anyways, uh, we told Sean Gunn that we were with him. You know, we did talk about, uh, what was going on with SAG AFTRA and the writer's strike and the actor's strike. And, and that was really great. Um, and actually went into it a lot more with the panel that went on like an hour or so later. 
he explained up front that like I'll tell you what I can and cannot comment on but he he spoke about a lot of different things again about the strike and how it affects and somebody had a really great question of like what can we do because we want to support you uh, I thought was a really great question from that panel but still I don't like the answer I, feel I know like us doing saying you go girl is not the answer Right. And Sean brought up like the point that they are not asking, they're not calling for a boycott. And I can't remember if my mentally added the yet, but it just kind of feels like there was like an unspoken yet hanging around there. He said, yeah, like he goes, we haven't called for it yet. It's not. Yeah. He did say yet. Okay. He he was like, he didn't call for it yet. It's not something we want to do, but... But I think it's, com- I think it's coming, honestly. I, so, and I know that we'll cancel every... The only, the only thing that's really going to suck and what's different is we're only going to have Amazon Prime. Because when you buy Amazon Prime, you get the video for free. Right. And I'm not... So... Canc- like, I get it. I'm not canceling Amazon at this point. My, our cat needs things... My cat on a needs basis. Yeah, we we need things like, and, and I get the discount with uh, my disability. Yes. So I'm paying half of the price for Amazon anyway. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like Amazon will be the only streaming service we have, which is because I'll cancel everything. Yeah. Because we've already canceled our Netflix. Yeah, we've already canceled. Uh, I'm doing Peacock through Xbox. So that's free for a couple of months. Yeah. I feel like it's time f- I- I'm personally taking a strike and like as soon as they call for it, I'm like going to cancel peak. The only thing I'm subscribed to that I'm paying for right now is Paramount. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I don't mind going on strike with that for a while. Cause guess what? The shows w- will be there when I come back. Exactly. Like, this is something too important to be like, Oh, this doesn't affect us. Like it, it, truly does or what if i decide oh this doesn't bother me it's okay and then our movies and tv shows are forever changed because of this exactly like because it's... we didn't take action now we got computer and animated ai things that going i like bed jump up down now ha hi yeah or just even the fact that the rate that ai is just developing is just it's scary what what it's coming up with and also just being able to copy an entire person's likeness for in perpetuity is just some freaky shit that does not sit well with me. Was there any fun questions asked at the panel that you were? There was. One person asked a really interesting question. Would you say it was the best question of the panel? I would say it was one of the better questions of the panel. Uh, there was some that were, a lot of people just came up and gave some remarks of like, I love you in this show and I know we can't talk about it, but I just need you to know I love you. You had an actual question, which was great. We see a lot of actors now going into the comic world, like Paul Dano has done his Riddler comics. Have you ever thought about maybe jumping into that and telling a story like Weasel or Craglin or something? Um... Ask me again about that <laughs> the next time you see me at because uh, I may be working on something. All right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you for the teaser there. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, it actually yeah. doesn't violate any. Then it, like you can work on comics and graphic novels and things without writing any more. They're, they're not on strike, so yeah, yeah. But in a few months we're gonna really have some fun. Yeah. Question and uh, we we got answers, so it's kind of exclusive. So so that was the end of the day. Um, Sunday hits. Uh, parking was even worse. I felt oh my like God, we yes. had. There was no handicapped spots. It was all the way to the front. We had to make our own kind of spot so we could get the wheelchair out. Yeah, for real. We get inside. Kids are all over the place. And I get that. So I'm trying to be respectful because Saturday, Sundays are known as the kids day. Yeah. But like if a kid's going to jump inside the wheelchair as I'm driving it, I don't want to run over him. Yeah. Because like. Into me. So I told this guy like, hey, uh, watch out, please. Yeah, like, was, I yeah, heard but, you uh, say please. Yeah, and the guy looks at me and says, we'll lose weight, fat, so, and then shoves me, and I fall on my foot, kind of, because I had to brace myself for the yeah. thing was going to fall over. And, like, I was like, I have a broken foot. And we, he, he Yeah, was like, I turned around and I said, excuse you, he has a broken foot. And he just goes, yeah, like, uh, being fat doesn't have anything to do with it. And I'm like... What a fucking asshole. And I said this out loud in front of everybody because he was being a fucking asshole. So it kind of ruined my whole day of the whole... It really... it Like, I'll be honest. Like, it... it I... I kind of just wanted to go home at that point. Me too. I, I was I was kind of feeling... I was like, you know what? Let's just get out of here. Like, it's not worth the hassle in a wheelchair. Like, that's my general consensus. Do not go to Comic-Cons or Terrificon... If you have a disability. Yeah, because... You will not... It's not worth the money. It's not worth the hassle. And not, not only worth... that, just some people have been super vocally judgmental about things. And that has not sat well with me Oh, yeah. All. I had this late... I, I hear everything with the injury. Like, yeah, and that's I, what I, people don't realize. And so it's... when you whisper underneath your breath, like this way, he goes, Oh, look at the fat guy in the wheelchair. There's another one. And then, like, she saw the foot. And she goes, oh, no, he's not. He, he has something wrong with his foot. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I could take on any of these people in a running co- If my foot wasn't broke, yeah. we, let's play a sport. I would beat you in any sport. Yeah. Like, just because I'm big, is it, it's not fat. Like, I have, like, and it's the thing. Like, I did the weight loss surgery, and the doctor's like, the only thing we can do, your body, this is your body's natural form. Like, it does, like, the only option is, like, obzempic. Mm-hmm. Which she goes, your body is healthy at this weight. You can do everything. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it was just rude, and it just really struck me, and kind of obviously left a sour taste in my mouth because all I kept thinking about was, for us, this is temporary, but there are people here at the con who clearly are. This is like their scooters, their wheelchairs, their crutches are a part of their everyday lives. Like, they can't just get rid of it. And I can't believe that anybody at the con would have been just like, oh, you're causing an inconvenience to the rest of us. Like, fuck. Like, fine. No wonder so many people just want to stay at home and not go out in the world anymore because we don't feel like we're allowed to exist in the world. But the other thing I do want to point out is, like, people... I've noticed that people of that, like, age range... Like, solidly 40 to 55, let's say. We're the rudest at the con. Yes. Literally, all the younger people were like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, didn't see you there. Like, yeah, no problem. 
I don't fucking care if you're, I don't care that you're, how much you want to be there. Just don't be a miserable fuck because you're ruining somebody else's good time. Yes. We all paid money to be here. Just, if you're going to be a miserable fuck, just stay the fuck home then. So after we did the police report, I was like, what what do you want to do? Like, and we really want to meet Dan Folger. We wore our shirts. I was like, well, let's do it. Let's meet him. So we waited in line and, Dan Fogler is by far one of the nicest guys in the For world. For real. What a nice guy. So, like, last year, I didn't... I love the movie Fanboys. I love Star Wars. I love... Like, I want. I include Fanboys in my Star Wars watching thing because it's the prequel. If you, if you watch the original, you watch Fanboys, and then you watch the prequels, it's the greatest time because it's about these group of nerds Trying to watch the Force, the the, the Phantom Menace. Watch, watch episode one, the Phantom Menace, before like before their friend dies because his friend has cancer. And when I heard he was there, I was like so excited. But then the news of my sister, she got sick um, with cancer, and they did not give a very long time mm-hmm. for her. And so, like, at that point, I, I didn't want to talk about it with Dan because it was just, the movie was too real. It hit too close to home for you. So I, and, and, the, and then this year he was going to appear and I was like, you know what, I'll do a selfie with him, but I'm not going to, maybe I'll get a picture tonight, but I don't want to talk about fanboys. Like, we'll talk about Balls of Fury, I'll just pretend. And then that Wednesday before we, uh, I, the week before we left for Trificon, my sister calls me and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Because we usually text. Like, Yeah, you, know, you guys we, aren't too big on phone calls between you two. Yeah, we're more, we're, we're, we're texting people. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the text. Like, that's an easier way. Like, you can do things. Yeah. Um, and she calls me. This, oh, this got to be important. I, I'm scared to death because I knew her test was coming up. Yep. And she calls and she goes, I have great news. It, it shrunk. We, we, you're, you know, there's no sign of disease. And I, 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 and I was just so happy. So when I saw Dan, I told him this, like how happy I was. I could talk to him about this movie because, you know, my sister's okay for a while. I, I know it can come back, mm-hmm. but for right now, I still have her. I can still go do things. Like I really thought this was going to be like when she went to the doctors, it was going to be it. Yeah. And the fact we're blessed with more time is is great. Yeah. So when I talked to Dan, he was just like, this is great. And so he actually signed a thing for my sister. But Dan Dan does like to protect, just like me. And he may have gotten a little bit high. What do you mean, a little, may have gotten a little bit high? That man was <laughs> in outer space, I could tell. So Dan, we love you. We love you. We just knew you were having a time. I mean, he was late to his own signing. <laughs> you know, because this guy is, is uh, I'm just going to call him all assistants. His assistant at his table was like, oh, yeah, I'll be here at 1230. You know, we're running, you know, go by 1230, 1235. And I'm like, I don't have anything better to do. Like, I'm fine. Fa- we're fine. We had a terrible morning. Like, I'll wait for Dan. It'll get better. And yeah, it did. It did. Because then he signed something for Katie, and then he spelled her name wrong. And I was trying to correct it, but he didn't understand, like, her name is K-D, 
E E. Yes. And he was like K A D. And I was like, no, but he was so high, he didn't understand. And I was like, no. So, like, Katie, if you're hearing this, 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 this is why it's spelled like that. He just got a little high. That's all. He just got a little it's high. It's K A D. I know. That's, that's how you have to read it. Yes. Because it's great. Yeah, I also love that he was doing uh, personalized photos from fanboys, but uh, we picked one where he kind of drew over it himself when he made himself Wolverine. Yeah, so, and Katie loves Wolverine, so I was like, this is... Yes. This is dope. Um, We also got his graphic... Or novel. his graphic novel signed by him, so I'm so... I, and I remember him talking about it last year, so I'm really pumped to read it this year. So next episode, we'll do Dan Fogler's new book. We'll do Sidekicked by Russell Bretholtz. And because we'll just talk about these con books because I'm, yeah. I'm excited. So that kind of turned the day around and it was just trying to get through it. Um, a couple of people I wanted to meet like it in my previous relationship. It, it was very abusive, very awful. Like I, I didn't know that she was after me for my money, even though like everyone warned me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't see it. My brain broke. Maybe, I don't know what happened. So she, um, we, we went for her honeymoon and she, they, Stuart went for a honeymoon and student Ederman was doing a signing. Like he never comes out to signings and he's Canadian. So getting his signature is like so tough. Mm-hmm. And so I got the signature and she bitched the whole entire way. She made the comic shop was kind of like in Chinatown in Toronto. Mm. So she kept on being afraid that we were going to be murdered. She was saying all this racist Because she was racist as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I didn't realize like until afterwards, like how terrible, like, I don't know, blindness. I don't know what you want. The fact that she didn't want Ryan and Katie in your wedding pictures because your brother-in-law's Cambodian. Yeah. That's a whole thing too. So every time I see the signature, it makes me upset and makes me think of that. Mm-hmm. So, so we saw that Wade Von Grawbadger was going to be there, and he was the anchor of the book. And I was like, "Dude, this is dope! Like, this is how you make like I want to make a new memory because you love cons. Like, you embrace me, yeah. and you're like, let's do this. This is fun. Let's have fun at this thing. Like, you." It has been a complete difference. <laughs> and so I wanted to celebrate this fact. So I met him and I told him this story. And so he signed the books and I was telling him this story and he goes, hang on a second. And then he gave us a sketch and goes, here's the new memories for you too. Yeah. So that way you can start like, and I it just, cause it, 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 I know I, it, to get to you, I had to go through her cause she changed me and like, like yeah. certain things in my life had to happen the way they do for me to have met you. Yeah. And I don't know any other way for it except for this. Exactly. And when I do it all again, in the words of Alexander Hamilton, <laughs> if it took a war for us to have met, it would have been worth it. And damn, was it a war? <laughs> yeah. So it was worth it mm-hmm. to find you. Oh, thanks, sweetie. So meeting Wade and having him sign it. And then we took a picture with him. Cause like I have a picture with her, but you can, 
in, in, in the photo, like Stuart Eneman's arm is like cut out of the photo, so he only has one arm. Because <laughs> I kind of just like cut her out. I just airbrushed her because I was like, I want a picture with me and Stuart and his wife. Like that's fun, but I didn't want to have that. So having yeah. Wade sign that, and then I'll get Dan on it, and I just yeah. Like then you can meet Dan Slot because you haven't met him yet. I haven't met Dan. He Slott is delightful. Yet. So um, not only that, but that print that he gave you. For free, by the way, was you realized later at, that it was actually Miles, and you are such a Miles Morales fan. It just seems so fitting. Yeah, and the, it, that's kind of like the next stage of Ultimate Spider-Man. When Peter Parker died, Miles took over. Yeah. It was the new life. So, you know, kind of rebirth birth into a Miles, I yeah. guess. I don't know. It's just, it was fun. And then Phil Hester, we saw him. Yes. Oh, and... and I met him so many times in Chicago. I love the man. He's great. You can talk to him about literally anything. Another man who does free signatures. Yes. Like, I love Phil Hester to death. He is great. Yes. So we, we talked about uh, Gotham Year One that he was doing because Drew had me read that for the rundown. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is the book I want you to talk about. And I was like, I never even heard of this one. And so that and so we were able to talk about that because that one talks about police brutality. It talks about like how the police treat people really. Mm-hmm. And so it he was like, I don't know if this is our story to tell, but if we don't tell this story, no one will. And hopefully like th- someone else will like take over the story and be able to go from here. We're just setting the groundwork. Mm-hmm. He goes, there's so much more that we need to tell. Yeah, but this but is a just good... to open up the door, to just get people recognizing that there's a problem, mm-hmm. we had to do it this way. And I thought that explanation works so well because I think about um, we were talking about earlier with Amanda Connors when I, we talk about these opening up the doors for me. So like when I was reading Spider-Man comics written by men, mm-hmm. when they were tr- when Mary Jane was doing positive things, and I was like. Ah. Okay, you go, girl. You, you, I guess it's cool. Like, they were just introducing me to this, like, hey, there's other things. Why, Amanda? Then all of a sudden, he's like, you go into the deep pool with Amanda going, hey, let me tell you about the pink tax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't what? <laughs> so um, that was fun. Uh, Steve McNiven we met? Yes. Oh, my God. Steve McNiven. We don't have this clip. It's from season one. It was when we were on the, live on the radio. I was discussing my love for Nemesis. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Hans called me a terrorist over the radio. Yes, he did. Of WNYO. And I thought we were going to get kicked off the air. Like I, I was very nervous of what was going to transpire after that. Because I was like, I don't think you can call people terrorists over the radio. But the show kind of blew up from then. We... You know, I, it just kind of spanned, and we, we just decided to have more fun. So if it wasn't for Steve McNiven, yeah. f- this show may not exist today. Because <laughs> I was so excited to talk about Nemesis. Yes. And so I was meeting Steve McNiven was, and it was, uh, we didn't get an interview with him because he doesn't do interviews. He doesn't he, like he, doing I, interviews, I don't know if he, absolutely fine. I don't know if it's just he's self-conscious that anything he says could ru- ruin him. Like, because he, he was talking to us how he has a Marvel exclusive deal. Yeah. And why he didn't come back to Nemesis was due to um, licensing. Yes. When, Mar- when Mark Millar bought or sold all the rights to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting. Like, he, 
who knows, like, if he says the wrong thing from his own mouth. Right. Like, what if he says something too much? What if he says, like, oh, yeah, I don't know what he could yeah. say, but. Yeah, and that's that's actually kind of been a theme is, like, I, I kind of referred to them as the big N in the room, Netflix, because, you know, with the writers and the actors strike right now, we didn't really think about how this is affecting, you know, like intellectual property, such as like the rights of a comic series that, that goes to a full show. Well, and that's almost a whole different topic altogether. Yeah. Is look at Steve, look at secret invasion. Did Brian Michael Bendis get any money from that? Did Lionel Wu get any money from that? Like any of these creators of Civil War, Mm -hmm. Captain America Civil War, Steve McNiven should have gotten money from that because that was his his artwork for it. Yes. But he got nothing because it was just based on his story. Yes. And since Marvel is owned by Disney, it's okay for them to work for hire. So it's, it's just interesting that when you go from the comic world to the movie world, we don't translate. The only person I think who's ever been able to jump that is Jeff Johns, where he was doing comic books and then he started doing movies and he kind of hops between the two of them. And then, yes. and then Jeff Loeb, he's done some television stuff, but that's more for producer and he doesn't, he didn't have anything. Like, I don't know if they do red, the red Hulk story that's coming out. Yeah. Like, is Jeff Loeb going to get any money from that? Is Ed McGinnis? <sighs> Yeah, I know he said something about how basically Mark had kind of um, packaged all his his basically just like one money bag from it, <laughs> a whole package deal sort of thing. Yeah, and all future stuff too. So it's just, and it's weird that Netflix hasn't done anything with this. Yeah, like, it's they almost didn't, they didn't because wanted you saw you saw the movie. Yes, you haven't read the comic. The comic's completely different, so you can make their own Netflix version of that. And I think it's interesting that Netflix hasn't done anything. Yeah, they've with just this. held on to these properties that for what to do what? It seems more like it's to stop anyone from anyone else from doing anything with. Yeah, them. they know this movie's going to be big, so we're we want this movie to do big. Um, I think of the stuff of legends by Mike Rage. Right. Yeah, we talked about this this weekend. Yeah, he did um, a story that's very similar to Toy Story about toys that go save. Um, a boy who's been kidnapped by the boogeyman. And because it's so similar to the Toy Story, when Mike Rage sold it, I wonder if they haven't made a movie and it's it's been a while since he sold the rights. Yeah. Are they just shelving this because they're like, we don't want this to mess with Toy Story. Woody and Buzz are the only ones allowed. Yeah. To me, it seems absolutely that that's what they did. Like, they defensively killed this project so that it wouldn't compete with one of their own. Yeah, and, I, and Stuff of Legends is amazing. If you haven't read this book, it, it, it's true. It's truly like the Shrek of comics. Mm. Like it's dark and gritty, and you 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 think like you're going in going, oh, this is Toy Story, and it's totally something on its own, but yeah. it's beautiful, and I love it. But after that, uh, we met Tom King. Oh, we did meet Tom King and talked to him for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yes, he was pretty delightful. He was. He was. He was telling because I was like, I'm, I'm glad for that wedding issue because I, I. Yeah, yeah, and then him being like, "Well, to be honest, I kind of wish I didn't do it." <laughs> it was. We met David Finch afterwards because I. Yes. I I got the Batman Rebirth signed. Yes. Because I I was trying to figure out what get for Tom King. There's so much to choose from, so I was like, I'll just do Bat. I want to do Batman and the wedding issue. 
Cause it's 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 a couple of bucks for signatures, so yeah, you have to choose. And so I it didn't realize up. that David Finch yeah. was in it. So <laughs> I was, was like, there. let me go talk to David Finch because I love David Finch. Hans introduced like introduced me to his artwork because he loves David Finch, and so I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I started reading more of his, and I totally forgot I was in Batman. So I went to talk to him about it. And he was like, this was one of my fa- favorite projects. I love doing this Batman because when Tom King came to me. He said, who would you like to draw? What would you like to draw? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I really want to do Batmel, Batmobile scenes. I want, I want to draw Bane. And he was like listing him characters. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to make a story out of this. Yeah, like he was kind of the puppeteer pulling the strings to, for what David Finch wanted to draw, what, which was it, awesome. And it almost made me think of almost like a rapper like doing a freestyle. And they're like, yo, hit me with a topic. Yeah. And because I can make any story. You, you want Batman fighting who? Who you want? I, I can make anything happen. Yeah. Challenge me, bitch. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Bring it. Yeah. And so I I loved it. Like, when hearing that, I just, it makes me want to reread those Batman books over again. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, that's so cool that he was able to, like, he didn't write the story, but he, he put a little bit of input. Like, something. It's a little bit of his heart and soul into that book. Yeah. It's something like he sees Bane in there and he goes, hey, I made that happen. That, that's a little me. Like, yeah. you know, I just, I, that's the coolest thing to me. It is. So. I agree. Overall, what are your overall thoughts of Trificon when you're thinking of it? Do you want to go again next year? Where, where are you sitting? I would do Terrificon again. As long as, as you long don't, as don't have, have a broken, broken foot. foot. Yeah. I think that's the caveat to all cons at this point. Like, shout out to people who are who do have to deal with this on a daily basis. And this being their lives that they just have to deal with. Like, it's, I wish there was some way we could help people like that. Yeah. Like, we could bring awareness to this situation because I, I, it's something I didn't think of in cons. I'd see people in wheelchairs and be like, oh, I got to get around them and I got to go here. And, you know, I, I, I would be jumping in front of wheelchairs because yeah. I know I'm big, but I'm a fucking fast guy. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very nimble. Yes. So getting around crowds is easy for me. And having the broken foot, it was just like, Oh, so it slowed me down so, so painful much. For, slow and painful. But and, yeah. And so, I, yeah, as long as I don't have a broken foot. As long foot. as you don't have a broken foot, like, fine. <laughs> I do think, I yeah, to go back what we said about Saturday, I guess just Saturday con, like, I feel like any day or any con that you go to on a Saturday is just going to be the worst day, period, full stop. And with them not doing panels like they normally yeah. do. It's almost worth it not to go on a Saturday. It's just yeah, because there was no thinning out of that crowd for like I guess the most was for the WWE wrestlers, but like it was still crowded. It was still, still crowded. There was a lot of people there still. So yeah, unless there's a a, a cap off next year, I almost want to just buy tickets for Friday and Sunday and make Saturday just like a <laughs> we'll, we'll free day. We'll go to the beach. Yeah, we'll go to the beach. We'll just chill. Yeah, we'll go to I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out. We'll, we can do literally anything. Like, literally anything. I would, I would rather do anything than deal with that again. Like, because I thought last year Saturday was a, a lot. lot of people. It was a lot. And this felt like double the amount of people. Yes. Like there was moments when nobody was moving. Like the fire marshal had to come in and, and was like, like stop ah, people. yeah. 
Which, thank God they did, because then it was a hell of a lot easier to navigate. Yeah, but it still was like... They still had to get somebody to do that in the first place. I agree. I, I love Trificon, but I, I don't... Unless they fix their Saturday stuff, I'm not going on Saturdays again. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But for Friday, Sunday, definitely worth it. You know, was able to... Was they finally able to meet Sean Gunn? Because the first year, he had to cancel because he was... I think he was doing some reshoots for the Suicide Squad with uh for James. With Michael Rooker was there. <laughs> I almost knocked over my popcorn. <laughs> and then answered the question, is a hot dog a sandwich? So a little con 101 for you. You can if if don't buy the first thing you see. You gotta go through the con, see what you like, see what works in your pricing. So for me, I want to see signatures of famous people. Mm-hmm. How much signatures for comics, and then kind of a variety of like how much can I spend on anything else? Yeah. So um, I decide not to eat. I, I brought snacks with me. Yep. Like granola great... bars, I brought uh, some Pop-Tarts kind of thing. Bottles of water. Bottles of water, so we didn't have to buy any. So I was yeah. like, all right, cool. I'm not going to eat a hot dog. Because I remember last year, I bought a hot dog, and it was like... Not the sanitariest. Oh, yeah, and it was almost $10 just for a hot dog. Yeah, and I, I like... bought two waters today. They were $12. So we did that the whole convention. I just... So we, we, we tried to pinch pennies so we could yeah. do everything. So... Figure out what you want to do first. So I'm glad we did because yep. you, if you, we would have done what walk through because there was these amazing people. They had this witchcraft <laughs> device that you you could there there was a belt you could put on. There was like this apron for your neck and back. Yeah, and which I really wish it. I had right now because I'm sore. You crinkle it and it becomes hot and it's like a therapeutic bag and I don't understand how it works. And they offered you a really good deal, and you were. I was like, well, let's think about it. Let's figure out what we want to do. And instead of buying that, you bought something I consider better. I bought a lightsaber. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Amy is now the leader of a lightsaber. It makes better sounds than I do, for sure. <laughs> but- so make sure you like and follow us so you can watch those. Because we're going to put out some videos. We got to challenge Airsoft Fatty to a lightsaber duel now. Oh, absolutely. Now no. that the, the guy's living in New York. Yes. Like, we're not that far away. We got we to make that happen. Like, I want to I want to. We fight. can make it there I and back in a one-day trip. I want to fight Airsoft Fatty in, an, in a lightsaber battle. That is, I think, my, my goal for the year. All right. Let's make it happen. Let's manifest it. So, Chris, <laughs> if you're listening, I challenge you to a duel. Also, you will duel if you want. We can make it a double, double duel. Double duel. It's like double there, but double duel. Oh my God, throw Beyblades in there. <laughs> gonna oh my God, it. that's it. You we start out with a Yu-Gi-Oh duel. Yep. And then we start with a Beyblades duel, and then we end it with the lightsaber duel. We end it with a lightsaber duel. Like that—that <laughs> that is the trifecta right there. Exactly. And you get you points based on like how many, like how well you do. We'll do a ranking system, maybe like, oh, you played a flawless victory with cards. You get an A. And like, oh, you could have like fused these cards together at any time. You get a B this round, man. You really messed up. Like we can rank it so that way it's not just based on who has the better deck. I don't know. I'm not making – I am making the rules. (laughs) I I don't know. I just love Aerosol Fetty, and I I just want to challenge him in a duel. Yep.
So, um, so that so that was Terrificon for this year. In a nutshell, in a in a nutmeg shell. Oh yeah, apparently they're called nutmeggers. We said that in the beginning of the episode. Didn't we? Maybe who oh, remembers? We are exhausted because we are recording this. As soon as we got home from Trivicon, you took a nap. And oh then yeah, I did. We're like, Let, let's let's do this while it's fresh in our minds. Yes. Because there was a lot. There's a lot. There was a lot. So many steps. <laughs> I'm so sore now. So we'll leave you with that. We'll be back next week. We have Secret Invasion to finish up. We got comics we want to talk about. Yeah, we'll get um, back to our regularly scheduled uh, nerd talk soon but so yeah this is a little special treat every year you guys get a special comic-con from us about some con we go to yes so um hopefully be no more uh we talked to the people at twin tears comic-con yes which would be so, a much shorter drive for us <laughs> that'd be a nice drive so that that would be fun if we did that yes with them so yeah just make sure you guys like follow subscribe and if you we- like any of our videos you know think about sharing them with somebody we'd appreciate it And we will see you guys next week. Con, everybody, con.